Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Call free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, we're glad you are. Another edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. Bob, Kelly, and Luke, we're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and in Laurel, and we're glad you're with us this afternoon. We've got a full show. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. He'll be joining us in just a bit. Of course, big news uh, out of New Orleans with uh, Sean Payton. Now the new head coach uh, of the Denver Broncos. Patrick will have all the latest on that. Barry McKnight is the play-by-play voice for Troy. That's the next opponent for Golden Eagle basketball. And uh, Luke will update us on the latest football signees uh, later in the show, which were, of course, announced this morning. All right, first segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of our program, proud supporters of USM Athletics. We're happy to say good friends of ours before we get to all that a little more taste of baseball luke johnson two questions how many days to the opening of baseball season well it's the 17th and today hey welcome to february by the way where did january go so yeah we are uh we're right at 16 days so two weeks and and two days until we uh we kick it off with with liberty 4 p.m first pitch at the peak all right kelly sander uh, is it fair to say if there is a question mark right now about Southern Miss baseball, it would be what? The only thing, and I want to be clear on this, people say, well, it's pitching. But it's not, the question is not whether there are talented pitchers on the roster. The question is, where are these pitchers going to find themselves slotted once the season begins? Uh, there's, there's no end of the wealth of talent on this Southern Miss team. So if anybody says, oh, I'm worried about the pitching staff, don't be. Because and, and be clear, you're not worried about the talent. It's just where are they going to shake out? All right, the man that will decide where they shake out, of course, is the guru himself, uh, Coach Oz, Christian Ostrander, pitching coach. Talked to him just a couple of days ago about that very thing that Kelly and uh, has just discussed. And here's what Coach Oz had to say: Coach Christian Ostrander on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Coach uh, mentioned to you in your office earlier. Here's here's the talk we hear. Mm-hmm. We lost five pitchers to the draft, but we have the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> And he'll just replace them. Let's what? talk about the pitching staff this year. Uh, well, I, I appreciate that confidence for sure. But uh, no, I mean I'm excited about it. Let's you know I'm, I'm a I'm a realist. I know we we, we lost a good bit, and uh, you know you're not going to just immediately replace those guys because there was experience and age there. Um, I think we did the best job we could with, with the, in the time frame that we had to to, to fill the gaps and stuff. And uh, and I feel good. I'm encouraged with it. I've have. I think we've had staffs has done you know done plenty with uh, 
maybe less talent and so forth or experience, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, I hear you know I know what everybody's you know wondering and stuff, and that's and that's that's normal. I mean, because we did we we lost a lot of good arms, um, but I think we got a lot of good arms here. Um, I think some of them are unproven at this level, and that's what we got to see and let it unfold and see how it all goes. And I think we're going to have to lean on some freshman arms a little more maybe this year than we've had to in the past. And uh, so um, there'll be some uh, learning as we go with a few things, but uh, I like it. I'm ready. I'm ready for the challenge. How do you find out who the kids are you can depend on early on when the schedule is as tough as it is early on? Well, I mean, you know, there's no, there's nobody to just experiment with. You got, I mean, every game's going to have a high magnitude, doesn't matter, you know, whatnot. But, um, you know, you simulate as much as you can these next three weekends with uh, our scrimmages, uh, but you can't simulate it all. You can't simulate the crowd, the environment, the, another team, another color uniform in that dugout. I mean, you just can't. And what you hope is, and I know for me, and, and hopefully the guys that, that we bring in here have this characteristic, is that should elevate it. I mean, that should be something that makes the juices rise even more and, uh, and so forth. So, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, really how that plays out and, you know, what all, what all some of these guys do. But we'll try to simulate the best we can. We'll bring them into situations, try to apply pressure. And uh, really, you know, that's kind of job I feel like I've, I've always had. And, and, and ours, ours to do, and especially as a pitching coach with pitchers, is to get them to think consistently every time. It doesn't matter where you're at, what it is demand certain kind of you know mental aspects all right i know you don't got to sing on any one kid but what are some who are some names that you think fans will uh, will be hearing a lot of this year uh well you know all the new the returning guys i, I mean you know between tanner um, justin storm matt adams uh nico Matza, isaiah you know and just to name a few i mean those guys you know I think you'll be seeing those guys, and some of them will look a little different than they might have looked last year. Uh, new guys, I think we've got like eight, eight, eight returners, eight or nine new guys, something like that. I'm not sure exactly. But um, I think Billy Oldham's a guy that uh, they're going to uh, see out there that they think, all right, this guy, you know, he, he can help us. They're going to like what they see there. Tyler Martin from Nebraska, uh, I think he's a left-hander that can really, really help us in certain areas. Uh, Luke Trahan and, and uh, Will Armistead and Holland Towns, uh, you know, those those guys have some experience. They're older. They've been uh, doing it, whether it's JUCO level or four-year level, they have experience and uh, doing that thing, as well as Chandler Dawson, a new guy that's uh, in from Georgia State. Uh, and then really the freshmen. I think there's four freshman arms. You'll see. I mean, they're going to be out there. Uh, Middleton, uh, Monastere, Colby Allen, and uh, – Chase Adams and uh, some of those freshmen, you're gonna they're gonna be probably wow, that guy's a freshman. That's pretty good stuff. So, you know, I think you know there's there's a bunch of them. I can't sit there and say there's one that's gonna just dazzle you more than the other. They're all different. Uh, they're all capable, and it'll be fun to watch them. All right, Kelly. So, uh, kind of what you said. There there are lots of kids, and the key will be fitting those kids in the. The correct slot. And I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here, Bob, to say that as good as that staff was last year, I think barring injury, which is always the biggest piece of the puzzle that you can't find, right, or don't know about, I think when the when the numbers shake out at the end of this year, this pitching staff, this current pitching staff, will wind up to be better, better from head to toe than last year's. Mm. Now, the competition is going to be stiffer, 
Mm. You know, tough schedule, and I and I hear what Luke is saying, but mm. but the freshman when he talks about freshmen, that doesn't bother me because freshmen, particularly in baseball now, coming up through the travel leagues and the Under Armors and the baseball factories and the you know uh, perfect game and all that. If I didn't mention it already, East Cobb tournaments, these guys have already played competition at a very high level, even though they're freshmen. So they might not be as heavy as they're going to be in the next couple of years. They might not have as much muscle on them. But as far as competing at a high level, even though they're freshmen, they've seen some really good players. All right, Luke, we hear you moaning over there, so jump in. Mm, yeah, I mean, we, we always, the, the last couple of years, we talked about how you had, you know, like 20 pitchers on the staff, or what was it, like 21 pitchers on the staff. Right now, even counting the guys who will go both ways. So you've got a, 11 right-handed pitchers. That are listed as pitchers. You got three lefties. You have four, but best isn't available for the season. So you've only got three lefties on the entire staff, which uh, you know might might cause an issue. Tyler Martin, Storm, and uh, Cross Sibley from from Summerall. But then you've got uh, so that's fourteen. Then you've got four that that can come out of the bullpen or off the uh, position uh, side of the ball. Dickerson, Adams, Cook, and Monastere. So that's eighteen guys. Now, Kelly, I'm not arguing with you. I mean, I hope you're right. I'm just saying you lost five guys to the draft that were the bulk of your bullpen. You lost a graduating or a graduate transfer, Hunter Riggins, who would have been probably the number one in most of the teams last year in our league. And you lost what's uh, going to be a top 10 draft pick in next, in, in this summer's draft possibly he's a top four college prospect at this point got to prove himself where he went i get all that i that that's that's hard no but, i 100 i i agree i with mean you. you're looking at i mean these, these dudes last year these dudes last year struck out 746 batters i i do think though to your point can i say it this way i don't think they have to be that dominant this year now, if they do, everybody better watch out because there's going to be another regional and super regional in Hattiesburg if, if they live up to that. The simple b- thing I'm saying is I don't necessarily think they have to repeat last year's numbers because we're going to be better offensively. Yeah, and, 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 and let's remember what I said now. I said from top to bottom. All right, I, don't think there's a, I don't think there's a huge difference between the very best pitcher on the team and a person who you'd consider to be the weakest pitcher on the team. I think as a staff from top to bottom, that the staff is going to be the best that's ever been. Here's, I hope you're right. Here's you're the right. impression I got from my visit with Coach Oz. Quiet confidence and, and not willing right now to say too much, but you just had the feeling that he believes a lot of the kids that we didn't hear much of last year have lots of talent. They just didn't have a spot last year. They're going to fill those spots this year. We'll see. I, I, I agree. I, I'm telling you, that they're good. They're yeah. good. I can't wait. (laughs) Let's go. We'll be back.
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, this segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. That's where you go to get all your Southern Miss apparel. You can shop online. If you're one of our podcast listeners, maybe live in another part of the country, you know the president of the international, the president of the National Postal Workers Union. We've had him on the show. He was the vice president. He's now the president. He listens to the Eagle Hour every day in D.C. So he would go to Campus Ron Renfro, Bookmark. yeah. yeah. Campusbookmark.net would be for him. Actually, you guys might not know this, but President Joe Biden does as well. He does. He thinks it's CNN. But, <laughs> but he's listening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were off air having an interesting discussion about uh, parking during the upcoming baseball season. That may be the subject for another show, but... Uh, we think some of you will find some changes very interesting about the baseball parking. But now let's talk about the New Orleans Saints. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. Just a couple of weeks ago, all four of us were just sort of poo-pooing the idea that uh, Sean Payton would go anywhere. Proves how in the know we are. Uh, it's announced this week he's the new coach of the Denver Broncos. Patrick, give us the inside story. Yeah, well, it, it, the Broncos were always kind of considered the best job out there uh, it, among the openings. You know, it's a, it's also a franchise with history, and and uh, they're owned by the, you know uh, owners of Walmart. So there's a lot of money there, and it, they're obviously willing to pay him what he was wanting, and uh, they were able to compensate the Saints enough, and it worked out pretty well. The Saints are getting a a first round pick. I think it's 29th or 30th overall. And they also get a uh, second-round pick in 2024. The Saints swapped a third-round pick in 2024 in the process. So the Saints are getting some somewhere along the lines of what we kind of expected them to get if John Payton was hired, and it worked out. The Broncos kind of exhausted the other candidates and realized, you know, all along John Payton was the best candidate, but he was asking for a lot. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Broncos decided to go ahead and pull the pull the trigger on the move. Do we know how much they're paying him? No, uh, that's not been reported yet. Uh, I, you know, there's speculation putting in as you know as many as you know twenty million, if not more. Um, so I, you know, I would be surprised if, if it's that high. You know, to be yeah. honest, but uh, he's going to come out pretty good no matter what. All right, Luke, you and Patrick, tell us who do the Saints? What do the Saints do with that first round draft choice? Well, I mean, it's at the end, right? Patrick's was it thirtieth overall? Yeah, it's twenty ninth or thirtieth, I think. So you, uh, I still think there's going to be that that takes you out of any you know any quarterback talk uh, for, for the most part. There's there's no reason why you should uh, unless just something crazy happens. But I mean, I, I do think they draft a quarterback. I mean, is a guy like Hendon Hooker from Tennessee? You know, he's coming back from an ACL. I mean, is that a guy that maybe could could fall to the Saints in in like a mid round or? Is that somebody that if he impresses, you know, if in, in workouts after his ACL clears up, that you might even take in like you know mid to late second? Yeah, I think the Saints are right there around forty or forty-one overall in the second round. I think I've seen projections even pop up to have a hooker landing with the Saints there, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, in this position, at least the twenty-ninth overall, the Saints aren't in a spot where they, you know, they're just going to take a quarterback because they can. I think they're going to. In that situation, they're going to wait, you know, and try to get the guy at the right spot. And I think somebody like Hooker in the second round makes more sense. Uh, if I had to bet on them taking the guy in the first round, I think they go for another receiver, uh, maybe an, uh, a larger receiver who can work on the outside and complement Olave. 
So I, you know, I would I would think they go offense fairly early because obviously that's where they need immediate help. Uh, you know, it would be I, you know, they do need help on interior on defensive line. Yeah. Uh, I think if they do go with a high pick, I think maybe that's what they go with. I mean, because Davenport, you're not bringing him back. I mean, there's just there's just no, no way. And as dominant as that cat could be, I mean, you just can't trust him. So it's almost like the same stuff with with Michael Thomas. It's just there comes a point where you got to, you know, count your losses and and move on. I. I, I would think, I mean, if there's still somebody D-line up there, you know, they, they, they take them to your point. I mean, offensive line, you think, is is okay moving forward? Yeah, I mean, there has to be some concern about pinning, you know, in his health kind of uh, going forward. He had the same foot injury twice this year, and uh, he's going to have a significant recovery. Uh, you know, expectation is he'll be ready for next season. But, yeah, I, I mean, offensive line is something to kind of keep in mind. Uh, they could upgrade on, you know, in certain positions, but overall, as long as they have, you know, all their guys healthy up front, they were, you know, they're yeah. going to be pretty solid on the line. It's just that question mark at left tackle between Hurst and the health of Pinning. Now, now, Kelly, you woke up crying this morning. Your your favorite player is not in the NFL. He's teared up now, actually. Yeah, I thought I thought in our board here, Bob, we had the Hallelujah chorus from the. Mormon Tabernacle <laughs> Choir. <laughs> but remember, this guy's given us that line of bull before, Tom Brady. So we'll, we'll see if it actually uh, pans out. But, Patrick, I wanted to ask you about a question that people have asked me. They said, look, if it was a matter of Sean Payton just wanting a year off, right, just to, to collect his thoughts and settle down, couldn't he have gone to the Saints management and said, look, I just need to take a year sabbatical. I'm going to come back and coach the team next year if you'll have me, but – I just need a break. Was that ever discussed? Yeah. Why did Peyton leave the Saints if he wanted to keep coaching? Well, I mean, he's going to make a lot more money. Um, you know, and he probably realized that wasn't feasible to just go, hey, I'm going to take a year off. The Saints, that's just not good for him or the Saints because uh, that just creates uncertainty uh, at the top job. So I, I, he, that wasn't going to be a, really an option. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, Peyton spends, he still has a house, spends a fair amount of time in New Orleans, but he owns, you know, a house in Los Angeles. I think he has property up in Idaho and place like this. So this puts him out west, uh, closer to family. I think his daughter lives in LA. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense for him, uh, in just terms of being close to family and, and, and being in a, in a franchise that, you know, has a lot of histories, won Super Bowls. Uh, they had the money to pay him. Uh, there's already a pretty good roster in place. It's just a matter of them getting in the right direction on offense, getting Russell Wilson right. So uh, this is this was the job to where he was going to be able to win pretty early. You know, he can com- compete for a playoff bid pretty pretty quickly. So I think there's a lot of positives here for Peyton, and they're gonna, he's going to get paid very well in the process. Isn't, he in, isn't that the same uh, division Kansas City's in? Yes, and that's what, that's what I was going to well, say next. The like, Chiefs. Maybe somebody will compete with them. Yeah, yeah it's a tough division. Well, the, yeah. the Chiefs are the new fair-haired boys, and right. and Patrick Mahomes is the new uh, Brady. They're right. gonna the NFL is right. going to make sure that. Mahomes All right, so is. L- let's switch gears to that, Patrick. Man, I, I, the internet has just been full of things about the officiating in the Bengals Chiefs game. I've heard a lot of it on some of the NFL channels and talk shows. Your view, just just how bad was the officiating in that game? Well, I mean, in New Orleans with the Saints, I mean they've been complaining. <laughs> about the officiating for quite some time now. Everybody Amen. in New Orleans is like, well, finally, you know, somebody else is kind of feels what we've been feeling. So, uh, yeah, there's there's got to be some concern about consistency in officiating and, and all that. Uh, I mean, but, I mean, 
at every level, I mean, we still we hear the same thing. You know, there's no when it comes to college football, uh, the SEC, which is the you know the king, has 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 an officiating has officials who are constantly getting bashed. You know, uh, for their performance. So I, it's tough. It's a tough job. It's tough to keep quality people in those positions, and and uh, you know. So I don't know. I, I, I that's that's just one of those things. I just kind of throw my hands up. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. It's just. You know, every year we talk about the same thing. Well, here's one idea. Maybe there's so much money on the line in the National Football League. Maybe you have full-time officials instead of guys that are lawyers and accountants and different things, and then they drop that during the uh, season to go uh, officiate the NFL games. What about that, Patrick? NFL officials full-time train all year long like football players do and uh, are a little more involved in that aspect of the game. Yeah, I mean, full-time officials could be an answer. Uh, part of it, at least hire more full-time officials, maybe just increase the percentage. I'm not sure what the percentage is on that. But uh, they hired, I think I'm looking here, the NFL hired 24 full-time officials, uh, I guess maybe in the last year or so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, anytime they can kind of upgrade the quality and just uh, do something to invest in those officials and, and just build something that, that's, a better quality and is better in the long run. So I, I don't have any great answers on that. Yeah. Uh, but just really kind of keeping people on board that that's their that's their full time job. I think that would be a positive. Because let's be let's be honest, real quick. Look, let's be honest. Maybe it was coincidental, but hell, eighty percent of the calls went in Kansas City's favor during that game. Yeah. I, I mean, I yeah. I couldn't really speak to that. But. I mean, the the one at the end that set up the game-winning field goal was the right call, but the hold or the block in the back, whatever you want to call it, that led up to the punt return leading up to that was fine. Patrick, what do you think about in the future? It's been said by, by many people that, that referees should have their own press conference at the end of the game. Yeah, they have a uh, – I guess they uh, – you know, in certain situations, they allow access to the official. They have one reporter that goes down and asks a question necessary, then they get bring it back and give it to the uh, – to the to the other writers, you know, pool reporters, what they call it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, you know, I, I don't really want this thing. You know, we talk about we want to keep full time officials. We don't make it even more brutal than it already is because most officials are fine. Uh, but it's just a matter of consistency and, and leadership from the top of making sure everybody's kind of held held up to the standard uh, necessary standard. So I, you know. Well, uh, I think Blue disagrees day. with you, yeah, by Blue, the way. Blue thinks the yeah, officials somebody, were terrible. Somebody was kind enough to just ring my doorbell yeah. for the reason. Blue <laughs> thinks the officials suck yeah. during the game, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, way to go, Blue. All right, Patrick, thanks, buddy. Talk to you next week. All right, thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody. And Blue. And Blue. And Blue don't like the way that game went down. You can tell that. He's watching the replay. You've been strangely calm about it. Your team got hosed, dude. But I don't ever want to be one of those guys that screams about officiating. I mean, it, as bad as it was, it yeah. was not the 2018 NFC Championship. Okay, Bob. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a subject for another show as well, right? The Saints got they hosed got on that one. They got hosed. Yeah. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Third segment of the Eagle Hour on this Wednesday brought to you by 4th Street. 4th Street Bar and Grill located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, just across Highway 49 from the University of Southern Mississippi. 9.95 lunch every 
single day. Great food, our buddy Slade White. All over there at 4th Street, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Getting ready for some basketball. Southern Miss taking on Troy tomorrow night over in Troy, Alabama. And here to break down that game for us is Barry McKnight, the play-by-play voice for the Troy Trojans. Barry, we hadn't talked to you this year because the Golden Eagles and Troy played last year, December 29th. Um, Eagles won that game Uh 64-60. In uh, mm-hmm. in Reed Green Coliseum, and it's kind of been an up and down road for the Trojans since then. Well, it really has, and a lot of it has to do uh, with recently. You know, when uh, when Troy played at Hattiesburg, down to the very end, uh, Southern Miss, you know, defensively was really good as they've been all year long, and their experience really helped that as well. And and they won that game. But you remember afterwards. Troy reeled off four wins in a row and got into a tie for first place. Lately, though, it's been it's been more difficult for Troy. They've lost four out of their last five, and really trying to kind of remember who they are a little bit. The defense hasn't been nearly as sturdy as it was during the winning streak, and the uh, the competition is has not faltered at all. It has been a it has been a tough row, and it's not going anywhere in this league. Trojans five and five in the Sun Belt, thirteen and ten overall. Uh, Barry just mentioned uh, right now on a, on a uh, two game losing streak. Lost to Louisiana last Thursday, seventy two fifty seven, then dropped a seventy seven sixty game to South Alabama down in in Mobile. Let's talk about um, kind of how your scores on offense. One thing that that is really neat about the Trojans. They got four guys averaging double digits, two more averaging uh, in the nines. I mean, this is a team that does pass the ball around uh, a lot, and then whoever's the hot hand, anybody can score. Yeah, the problem lately has been not many people have had the hot hand. When you're when you're when you're talking about those guys, Amir Muhammad, Spud Eugene, Zay Williams, uh, Kiefer Punter, and uh, even Nelson Phillips off the bench, they're all in that area. They're all in that in that um, in that same group, and it's been good offensively. Troy has has done some work. I mean, you know, they're they're six in the league in scoring offense without anybody averaging more than thirteen points a ball game. That's that's not easy to do. Here's been the difficulty, and I'll be frank with you about this. Certainly something to watch and listen for on the on the broadcast tomorrow night here in Troy. What 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 has been a difficulty, especially without Duke Miles this year, and especially without you know two of the guys who were um, two of the all conference guys last year that that transferred out, FEODG and Duke Team. Down the stretch, you need to have that guy who can get you points. You need to know that when you come down on a trip, we're going to go through here to get a bucket or get to the free throw line. Southern Miss has got those guys, Crowley and uh, and Hase and those guys. Down the stretch, Troy has really not had that go-to scorer who can get his points when the Trojans really need him. It hasn't really factored into the last two games because Troy's lost them both by by 15 and 17, but it's going to be a factor, I think, in this game if Troy gets it close, and certainly down the stretch. Yeah, and and Kelly, a guy that Troy didn't face last time, um, Alvarez, Kelly Sander, will will be out there tomorrow night as well. Yeah, he he's so quick. I think he may be the the quickest yeah. Southern Miss player that I have ever seen. But Barry, I'm not I'm not trying to be patronizing here when I say this, but mm-hmm. for your Troy team to lose two games by 15 and 17 points. Dude, that's not who they are. They're better than that. What's going on? 
That's red flags. You know, there's no question about it. You're not being patronizing. You're being truthful. That's a, that's a decent appraisal for sure. And um, the diff. The, it's it's not been the way that, that Troy has played. Troy has lost some games. You, you gave the record, but but it's not been like that over the last couple of games. And and it's you know it's not necessarily just offense, although the offense hasn't been really good. And it's not really all on the defense. At least you know the defensive um, scheme, uh, the defensive uh, outlook. Uh, this is what has happened. Uh, it's been perceived by this coaching staff that some of it's been effort. Uh, you know, getting mm-hmm. on the, 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 the little things that make a difference in every game. Getting on the floor for loose basketballs. Guys, that's what Scott Cross preaches. That what, that's what, you know, this program lives and breathes with is, is that effort. Um, Troy lost the hustle points in the loss down at South Alabama on Saturday by a lot. And that didn't stand well. There was some extra conditioning to be done, if you guys get my drift, on Sunday when, uh, when they got back. Um, this, in that context, this game on Thursday is a, is a turning point kind of a game. Um, I'm not saying Troy, if Troy doesn't win this game, that they're still on that bad track. But they have got, you'll notice a, a renewed effort, a renewed emphasis on uh, defensive intensity because the last couple of days it has not met the Troy standard. Well, and if it doesn't meet the the standard Thursday night, that would, would give you reason to believe that that snowball is just picking up steam rolling downhill. And, and the, the thing about that that's that's troubling, if, if that happens, and it hasn't happened yet, the thing about that that's troubling is because you look at where Troy is in the schedule. When the schedule came out, we looked, and all, all fans do, at, sure. at where, the, at where the, the, the soft spots are, where the opportunities are. And Troy begins here a stretch of four games in a row at home. They're, they're in a stretch right now of six of eight at home. Southern Miss begins a stretch of two straight weeks at home you know, in February. Right. And you want to be in a position to take advantage of that by then. Southern Miss would go a long way towards at least starting to take advantage of that because, you know, where Troy is in the standings, they really need to make hay in this homestand, and it all starts tomorrow night. Hey, Barry, One t- way or the other. Tickets uh, went on sale, I think, this week for the postseason uh, tournament today. And uh, we know nothing about that, but you, you have experienced that before, mm-hmm. the Sunbelt Tournament down in Pensacola. Give our listeners uh, a little taste of what the atmosphere is like down there and uh, the arena and, and the, the area in general we know is very, very nice. Yeah, it, it it's it's a lot of fun as much as anything. It's at the Pensacola Bay Center, which, because as its name says, it's right on the bay. It's very beautiful. It's a perfect size for the uh, for the tournament. The fans really get into it. It is right downtown in Pensacola on the bay. Palafox is a great nighttime area, you know, with great bars and great restaurants and nightlife, and it's only a, a couple of blocks away. So it's all really centralized. Which I'm sure was a lot had to do with the um, with the Sun Belt Conference having it there, uh, and it's the men's and women's tournament. So you know everybody's going to be down there. All the fans, you know, kind of congregate around each other. Um, it's a great atmosphere. It's a great venue, I think, and it's really advantageous to Troy because it's only about two two and a half hours away. Yeah, you know, several years ago they had a baseball tournament down there every year. One year I was there actually, Troy. Auburn, Southern uh-huh. Miss, yep. and I believe Michigan State, uh, I think. That's exactly right. You're exactly right. I was there, too. Great, great baseball facility. You're right. Mm-hmm. Downtown Pensacola is very, very cool. Easy walk. So is that in walking distance to all of that where they're going to play basketball? 
Yeah, it's right there. You know, the uh, the um, where the Blue Wahoos play baseball, the uh, the Maritime Stadium is is on the opposite side of downtown, so it's not it's not exactly close. But yeah, you can walk everywhere. The hotels are there, the the restaurants are there. There's there's nightlife, and again, the uh, the views and the sunsets on the bay are really great. I like it there. You know, it, it's like a lot of league tournaments. It's hopscotched around here and there. Hot Springs, Arkansas. You know, some of the. Um, you know, some of the campus sites, this is the best I've seen, and we've been in the Sunbelt Conference for 20 years. Need to move the baseball tournament there, play at Wahoo Stadium. Well, the baseball tournament's in Montgomery, uh, which is just north of here, and it's downtown. It's a lot the same way. I think it's a concerted effort by the Sunbelt to make it as fan-friendly as they can because, um, you know, the Sunbelt tournament is at the Montgomery Biscuits Stadium, and um, you know the hotels are literally right there. They're less than they're less than two blocks away there. So mm-hmm. I think they're hitting on a combination that is especially fan friendly with the uh, with the baseball tournament in Montgomery and and really with the basketball tournament down in Pensacola. Or they could move the baseball tournament to Hattiesburg, like Conference USA did for many years. Barry, <laughs> we liked that a lot here. I got to tell you, I'm not in favor of that. I've got some bad <laughs> memories about trying to play baseball at Hattiesburg. <laughs> Barry, uh, about a minute left. Um, we, we've been kind of asking everybody as we've been walking through this Sunbelt season. You've watched Sunbelt basketball for quite some time. What has mm-hmm. been, with the additions, with, with Marshall and us and the other teams in the league, is there more parity or is just there more parity in general this year as well? The parity is there. This is added to the parity as much as anything. If you look at the standings, there's not a whole lot of difference other than Arkansas State and maybe Georgia State and and South at the bottom. Everybody is around right there. What I think it has done more than anything else, to be honest, is not specifically basketball. You look at the top teams in terms of attendance in the Sun Belt Conference. Troy is up and in there, but you're seeing Old Dominion, you're seeing James Madison, you're seeing Marshall, and you're seeing Southern Miss, all within the top six. That is what has really um, struck most of us, is how well basketball is supported among the new members and how tough it is to try to get a win out of some of those places. Hey, Barry, always a joy having you on the show. You're always welcome here. We uh, look forward to the game this weekend. Look forward to talking to you again very soon. That sounds great. Thanks, fellas. All right, Barry McKnight, play-by-play voice, Troy Trojans. Becoming a regular on the Eagle. Well, oh, he's got some pipes too, didn't he? Uh, he's got the radio pipes. <laughs> we'll be right back. Good times with Barry McKnight, play-by-play voice for the Troy Trojans. Golden Eagles headed over there. We'll take on Troy uh, tomorrow night. Big game for the Golden Eagles if uh, if they can win this one, move on, and and defeat Georgia State on Saturday. We'll create a raucous atmosphere next, uh, next Thursday night. Appreciate you joining us on the Eagle Hour today. From the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, and Kelly Sander. Fourth segment brought to you by D1 Training and DBAT on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, dbathattiesburg.com. It's February now. Baseball, softball are here. 
DBAT has got the instructions, the facilities, batting cages, and the pro shop to uh, to help your son and daughter. All right, signing day, guys. Um, the way it's become is, you know, with people moving in and, and uh, you know, starting class early, it's almost as if not that it's, I don't want to say leftovers, but, but it is now very anticlimactic, whereas we used to wait for this day for many weeks, you know? Yeah, because all the rules have changed. But, you know, we've had the coaches on here before saying that they like that earlier signing day so that everybody's life can, as much as possible, get back to normal in a reasonable time frame. Yeah. Talked to Heath Hinton earlier in the week um, about some of the signings. He's got a couple more today. Uh, so this is off southernmiss.com. Now, the recruiting uh, the recruiting database or recruiting website you use may be a little different, but this is the breakdown that I have from southernmiss.com right now. So if you count um, the signees from the December class, Southern Miss now at 28. I have seen where maybe it was 29, but as best as I can count, southernmiss.com, 28. Of those 28, 12 defensive, 14 offensive, two special teams. Now let me talk just for a second about who signed um, today. So uh, three guys that, that we mentioned um, earlier uh, with Heath Hinton earlier in the week, Centario Willis, uh, Will Drakus Johnson and Miles Jones, all those Mississippi guys, all those defensive backs, 6'2", 6'3", and 6'3". That's exciting. Cameron Mackey, 6'4", 290 out of Clarksdale. He's a Mississippi guy. Uh, he's a defensive lineman. Then a guy that, that we flipped today, guys. This is pretty exciting. guy named Justin Reed, tight end, 6'5". He was committed. He committed to Georgia Tech last summer and as recently as uh, December took an official trip uh, or official visit to Georgia Tech. He flips. So the Golden Eagles uh, get a tight end commit, six foot five, great athletic-looking kid. So that's five new Eagles today. So just kind of recap the class. 14 uh, offensive players, three quarterbacks, a running back, two tight ends, three wide receivers, four offensive linemen, and an athlete. That's the Gonzalez kid out of Texas who's also listed as a quarterback. Defensively, three defensive linemen, four linebackers, Four defensive backs, or I'm sorry, five defensive backs, uh, a long snapper, and a kicker. And uh, of those, all those guys, eight from the transfer portal. So great work by Coach Hall and his staff. Well, the guy from Georgia Tech, I think we flipped by giving him a gift card to Mo Bay Beignets, Bob. I can understand that. <laughs> Mighty good. <laughs> it would change my decision. Where are they located, Kelly? Actually, I'm glad you asked. They're right across the street from the main entrance of the school. It's where the old Java Works location used to yeah, be. And what all do they serve? Well, they've got hot coffees. They've got uh, cold coffees, flavored coffees, you know, cappuccinos, all those other terms that I don't even know what they mean. Mm-hmm. But then your beignets come with tons of powdered sugar. And every month they have a, f- a flavored syrup of the month that you can put right over your beignets if you want to. How many beignets do you think a man could eat in two minutes and 45 seconds, Luke? A man or more a beast? More than Kelly Center. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely more than than Kelly Center. Um, do need to mention before we, before we go off air, uh, Barry mentioned it, Bob, you mentioned it, important tickets going on sale yes conference tournament the conference tournament for the sunbelt conference tickets went on sale this morning at 10 o'clock single tickets are available you have to go to the sunbelt.com uh, website they'll tell you but but you, i can just tell you you have to go through Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster is the only really? way yeah is the only way to get tickets to the sunbelt tournament and you can get 
you know, $15 tickets all the way up to $80 tickets. If you want to. The fees are $75. Probably. Yeah, I don't know about all that. But remember that it looks pretty good like the Lady Eagles and the men both have a shot at being top four seeds, which means they would both get double buys. So if you go down to the weekend, which would mean if you get one of those double buys, you're not even playing until Saturday. Yeah. Right. In the quarterfinals. And the championship game is on a Monday. So you could get a lot of bang for your buck a weekend in Pensacola. I heard, too, that if you buy six tickets, you get a Taylor Swift ticket through Ticketmaster as well. Oh, well. Really? That and and (laughs) Kelly's an anti-hero, by the way. (laughs) You get a, a Southern Miss Golden Eagle chair. To, to, you know, one of those folding lawn chairs. <laughs> but there are a limited number of those. <laughs> that you can sit outside real, the college. Real quick, <laughs> being being told uh, through text message that Southern, we, we actually signed 29, okay? So so not 28, it's 29. I'm not sure where the, the one's missing. We'll bring that to you tomorrow. But, yeah, 29 new Golden Eagles uh, in this year's signing class. That's a lot. And it's, yeah. it's what Coach Hall said, you know, about building this roster back. And real quickly, you know those chairs you're talking, they'll come in very handy because you're going to be walking six miles to get to the stadium, the baseball stadium. You can stop, sit in your chair for a few rest, minutes, rest, pack a lunch, and then continue the journey. <laughs> glad I don't know that they're talking about. Glad that there's no bitterness with Bob Getty you know, on the baseball parking former, situation. Former football players, we have these things called perks. <laughs> now, we'll get into that parking situation. I know Bob's just slobbering to get to it. It'll be fun to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The chair is going to be really handy. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the, to top. the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.